Morning, She Shatters and She Burns fans. This is Hannah Austin, your host for the She Burns podcast. I'm excited to announce that my first book, Hello Head, Meet Heart, is now out on Amazon. For more tips, tricks, and ways that you can burn bright and not burn out, visit me on Amazon at Hello Head, Meet Heart. Happy reading! Welcome to the She Burns Podcast, the go-to podcast for women who were born to burn bright without burning out. When you're at the top of your game, the difference between handling the heat and boiling over comes down to the right self-care advice at the right time. And if you're ready to take your seat around the campfire, these interviews with inspiring women will help you keep your flame alive. Hello, everyone. I'm Hannah Austin, and this is season three of the She Burns podcast. In this episode, I'm talking with Rebecca Bastain. Rebecca is an entrepreneur, award-winning writer, artist, tech executive, mentor, mother, and aerial acrobat. She is the CEO and co-founder of OwnTrail and was previously the vice president of community and culture at Zillow. Rebecca is the author of Blaze Your Own Trail, is a contributor to Forbes, and an investor and advisor to Authentech Companies. All right. So Rebecca, I'm so excited that you're here with me today. Me too. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes. So why don't we start with you telling me and our listeners a little bit about your story? Sure. Well, there's there's obviously a lot of different versions of a story that you can share, right? You know, I think professionally, which is is oftentimes the in that context, what you might see on like LinkedIn or a resume of my story is that I started Own Trail a couple of years ago after a 15-year stint at Zillow. I was in product for most of that time. I grew to VP of product there and then was kind of pivoted over to VP of community and culture from there. I was at Microsoft for a few years before that, and then got a couple degrees in mechanical engineering before that. So if you look at all of that, it's a pretty clean, linear path. And while those things are all true, there's kind of a lot more to the story as well in terms of, you know, all the things that didn't go as planned or, you know, the, the components of my personal life that really inherently kind of weave in with my professional life, the kind of messy nonlinear parts. And that's really the the part of the story that gets me most excited and then really the reason that that we've been building own trail is to create space to to celebrate and um and move through that journey. So tell me a little bit about own trail. I know a lot of our she burns listeners and she shatters listeners are members of own trail and have plotted their their trails and are asking for help and I think you guys just released a new feature it looks like today as well. But tell me what inspired you to start this and kind of the the minimized journey of own trail in general. Yeah, definitely. Well, it started actually from a book that I wrote called Blaze Your Own Trail. That book is kind of a choose your own adventure exploration of the different decisions and pathways that women take through our personal and professional lives. And so, you know, I'd signed a contract with a publisher and was waiting for the book to come out. And I started kind of playing around with what I thought would be a really cool book launch website in that the book has a finite number of paths explored in it, but there's an infinite number of paths that women really take through our lives. And wouldn't it be cool to celebrate those? And so started with that, but then really started to have some big ideas around problems to solve, which really is the fact that you know, we oftentimes don't see people who look like us in the places we aspire to. And yes. we're oftentimes, you know, going through these motions of thinking we're supposed to know exactly where we're going and how we're going to get there and mm-hmm. feeling like we get it wrong because we don't see what other people's real journeys look like, you know? And yes. so 
thinking about like the power of what it looks like to navigate, you know, your career, but as a whole human and really fitting work into your life as opposed to your life into your work in a way that can open up a lot more possibilities. And so that's, that's kind of what led to Own Trail and the core of Own Trail's people sharing their trails, which are these really authentic views of the cross-personal professional lives of like where, where you've been and where you're going. And then we've built this really supportive and vibrant community around that, that is there to help each other along the journeys. That's awesome. I, I've used the trail myself and I've asked for heat help beacons and drop some, please help me with getting guests on the she burns or, Hey, does yeah. anyone have any ideas about this? And it really, really works like anything, you know, a company's a leaving, living, breathing organism, right? So although you have this own trail and you're plotting out, or you're helping women plot out their stories and their milestones and their journeys, where are you guys at in the point of own trails journey? Like if you were to ha- own trail, were to have a trail, what would that be right now? Where are you guys at? Yeah, we actually do have a trail. It's on our oh, about page. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But no, we, so we've been around for a couple of years. We have been building out the the core products around, you know, both the, the power of sharing your journey, but then also the ways, like you mentioned with Help Beacons, for people to be supporting each other there. We've raised $1.2 million in funding so far and are out raising again. I'm clapping for those listeners ending. that can't see this. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we have a team of six full-time and, and two part-time. We have huge, huge ideas and vision. So we're, we, we still have a lot to do, but I feel like we have the right people to be doing it. And um, which includes our team and our, you know, our advisors and our investors, but also our community. We, we build in this very community driven way that is about, I'm so sorry, my dog is barking and that's probably going to be on the podcast, but <laughs> Life happens. Uh, we all get yes. it. <laughs> Authentic life moment here. Oh, there goes Carolyn to shut him up. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, th- I think like when we think about both our growth, but also our product development, we've taken a really community driven approach with that because um, it's we're creating the framework for people to be really sharing and navigating their journeys. But it's really the, the community members showing up and sharing that make it what it is. And I love, you know, being a member of Own Trail and like seeing it actually in action and happen. I love that you're getting feedback in real time. So as a digital founder and a founder in tech, that's the basic one-on-one business principle is model as you go and move as you go and be fluid as you go. So in thinking about kind of your role, what has this year been like for you in kind of reaching towards that Own Trail North Star or Rebecca's Own Star? Yeah, well, the the cool thing about building a a very value-driven company that you're so passionate about is the North Stars tend to be similar, (laughs) which which is helpful. You know, it's been really fulfilling. You know, I think like people I've met through the Own Trail community and the relationships that have formed there. And like, you know, it's it's interesting. It's very meta kind of because, you know, we're building this product. We're helping people navigate their journeys and Mm -hmm. unpack the things they've experienced and really reflect and be intentional. And it's like, my, my co-founder and I, and actually all of us are like really experiencing that ourselves as we go as well, which is really interesting. You're, you're building the thing and you're using it at the same time. And so I feel like I'm constantly learning more about myself through this process as well and, and reevaluating my own direction and stuff. So. <laughs> I could totally identify. It's like a support. We need a support group for founders who are building yeah. something that's, you know, service oriented and community oriented and designing what the people want. And I think that's ultimately the reason why we chose uh, season three's theme of women game changers is I feel like we're at a pivotal point in our universe and our lives, especially as women, mid 
mid forties, fifties, however old we are, where we're wanting something and yearning something for different and more. And it's figuring out how to align our inner purpose with the work that we're doing to make the world a different place, a better place, right? For lack of a better term. Tell me a little bit about expectations that you placed on yourself this year as compared to last year. Because as a founder, Mm -hmm. your expectation in your line to move and the goal line moves, right? It's constantly moving. Well, I guess a a few things. One thing that I'm wanting to do more of as, as we have a little bit more resources is being able to delegate a little bit more, you know, I think, which has been like the case from the beginning is finding people who are better than me at doing the, the all the things, yes. right? And yeah, so, letting go, like, letting go. Yeah, yeah. And so it's, I'm all for that. So it's more a matter of resources. Like as I raise our next round, we'll be able to hire more and stuff. But I think like doing less of some, some yeah. stuff is, is kind of an aspiration so that I can do more of other things. Like um, I'm taking on more of a sales role now as we move into more corporate partnerships. And like, that's new to me. I've learned, you know, like- yeah. <laughs> through this process, I've had to ramp up on skills around like mm-hmm. legal and finance and all this, you know, like yeah. I come from a product backgrounds and in, in kind of a culture background. So those parts are my expertise and everything else I've been kind of learning as I go. So like, it's a, it's a moving target in terms of what I need to be learning at different times of the startup journey. And then, you know, and who I'm able to hand things off to and then learn from as, as they take over there. So that from kind of like a, a skills standpoint, we just recently started doing a six month trial of the four four day work week here. I saw which, that. Yeah. yeah. And so that's really cool. Like I think like finding like being more intentional about my own balance in life and um time boxing things a little bit more, I think is is as a startup founder, it's hard to do because yeah. you're always thinking about the startup and right. Yeah. And, and it's also oftentimes my happy place that I want to be working on it, but I think like creating more of that structure is another thing that is, is new. And mm-hmm. I think will be really helpful definitely for me. And, you know, I think for everyone on the team, like if this trial works, then the idea is that we're getting the same productivity out of less hours in the week. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think you had kind of, you were kind of leading to that, but I think, you know, it's hard when you're a founder, especially a female founder, where even that day off that you're trying to take off, like you're like, Oh, I thought about this idea or what about yeah. this idea? And then it's those 4am, 3am, moments when you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, I got to write this down. So I can't. So it's hard to shut off your, I wouldn't say it's your brain though. It's almost more like your spirit and heart when you're leading from your spirit and your heart, it's hard to shut that down. It's easier to be like, okay, I'm turning my head off. Right. And focusing on something a little bit creative. So if you figure out the secret sauce, please let me know. Cause uh, that's a challenge. (laughs) Yeah. Turning off your subconscious. (laughs) That's a trick. Yeah. So what has held you back, uh, would you say, from, from living your purpose? Um, you talked a little bit about developing new skills and then I'm assuming boundaries. But when you think about kind of that one thing that's like, God, if I could just master this um, as a, a woman game changer in the business world, what would it be? I feel like I'm living my purpose right now. So that's awesome. It, which isn't to say like it's an end state. Yeah. Right? It's always evolving. Yes. But Control. like, yes. you know, I guess one thing I've been doing for, for years now is really paying attention to what... I feel like gives me energy that I feel passionate about and excites me and then what drains my energy. And then I've been kind of tailoring my life towards the former. And it's amazing how much you have capacity for things and how much satisfaction you get out of those things when you're really like feeling it. And so like, you know, I left a a really great corporate career to do the startup. And so that was a very intentional move towards something that I was incredibly passionate about, even though I, you know, I really liked my job at this time too, but this was one of those, like, I can't not do this kind of things. And through that, and it being so value-led and and purpose-led and the people like that I'm working with and surrounding me, like Mm -hmm. it, it feels like 
I feel in a pretty good state in terms of like how, how yeah. I'm spending my days right now. And, you know, and the openness of knowing that it's not like I won't be in the same state next year. Like it's going to keep growing and evolving as I go, but just being intentional about that. Right. Tell me what the decision point was in making the final decision on we're going to pilot a four-day work week. Is it kind of going with the culture and then obviously looking at the numbers and he- hearing internationally that it works for other countries? Why can't we do it as well? But what was kind of that final, we're doing this, we can't not do this moment for you guys? So it's funny, like before I, like really before I started um, seriously building own trail, <laughs> I felt like I could never start a startup because I couldn't handle the the hustle culture at this point <laughs> in my life. You know, I'd been one of the first employees at Zillow and like pre-launch and stealth startup and we worked around the clock and it was really exciting. Yeah. It was amazing. But like, like, oh, I can't really do that kind of thing at this point in my life, you know, when I see other people. And I've always been, I think, pretty entrepreneurial or like, I guess, entrepreneurial by starting things within the company and then, you know, advising other startups and stuff. But I just felt like, oh, I I can't do that. And it's funny that like, I didn't have this realization until it was almost in motion that like, if I start a company, then I can set the culture. It doesn't have to be hustle culture, you know, which is so obvious, but like, I think there's this stigma we have around what it looks like to be building a startup. So like my co-founder Katie and I talked from the beginning about like what's important to us and culture is a big part of that. And Mm -hmm. we've been really intentional about, you know, we want to create a culture where, where we have work-life balance or, or, yeah. or work-life integration or whatever you want to call it. And right. where, like mental health is a priority. And, you know, we already have like mandatory vacation days each year. Yay. So it's not, you know, just like enforcing that we're taking care of ourselves. And so yeah. it was actually Katie, my co-founder that heard about this study going on and started like, you know, meeting with them. So she's really driven the the logistics around this. And, um, you know, I think because it's it's a trial, it's a six-month trial and it's very data-driven and it's mm-hmm. very process-driven and there's a lot of other companies doing it at the same time. Like, it doesn't feel like a haphazard, like, oh, let's just work less, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Intentional. And so I feel good about that. And, you know, we'll have, we'll be able to measure it both kind of quantitatively and qualitatively and make sure it's working for us. And then at the end of that, we can decide if it's something we want to keep doing. But I think it's smart. Like, I don't think that the way that work plays a role in our life, particularly here in the US, like is all that healthy. Mm-hmm. And so um, we know it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And so as we're talking that. about yeah. like, you know, own trails all about like helping people kind of unpack what we've always been told mm-hmm. we're supposed to be doing yes. and then think what's right for us. And so it's like, well, we need to live by live by example then. Absolutely. I can't wait. I mean, I'll have you guys back together. Maybe we'll do like a trio. Oh, I'd love to hear the yeah. results of that. Cause I think there's so many people that are like, if we just had a four hour, four day work, four hour working, four day work week, like would our, would our life be different? And the answer is we know it's going to be different, but how, yeah. right. It's right. the quantitative information. How has connecting with other women kind of to achieve mutual goals or shared goals or different goals changed you? Talk to me a little bit about the women that you've met during your own trail. And I know you're doing other things. I mean, I read your bio before this. It's like, you know, she's an author, she's a contributing author, she's an investor. I know you're also part of Authentech, you know, leading that as well. So I'd love to hear from you. What are kind of those key moments or those key lessons that you're learning from these incredible women that you are being surrounded by? One of the the things that I'm continually learning is exactly what I wanted to get out of this, which is like just understanding different people's journeys, you know, and like, it can be so inspiring to see what like yes. the different directions people have taken and where, you know, the things they've made it through, not just the wins, right? Yes, but, yes, like, those hard times. Yeah. And seeing those aspirations, I think, is really inspiring too. Um, so so that piece is is incredible. I think that like the support that comes from these strong connections has, you know, kept me going. Like the 
the founder journey is a roller coaster. Right? Yeah. And so having that really supportive community has been huge as well. Yeah. I've also like, you know, I've gotten close with a lot of women founders, both within the own trail community and the offense community and beyond. And I think there's solidarity there. Like, um, you know, the data doesn't lie in terms of the experience that women founders have, you know, particularly around fundraising and, um, yeah everything. So I think like just the solidarity and support that comes from that. And the thing that's amazing is that like, you know, it's, it's, we're only getting 2% of VC dollars, for example. Right. And so you would think we'd be all clamoring for those, for that 2%, but it's not like that. Like we're all supporting each other and, you know, making introductions and, you know, just being there and ideating together and everything. So it's like, it's a very kind of abundance mindset within that, which is really uplifting, I think. You know, I think that as more female founders are in the industries or across um, industry, the bottom line is lifting each other up is the true message. Like as if we can each help each other with different dollars or even the same dollars and, and changing, like I had a woman that said, Hey, can you take a look at my VC deck or Hey, can you do this? And it's like, absolutely. Cause I'm currently not raising money now, but I will be, but you know, what does that look like? And just that connection of, you know, asking her to look at something for me and me to look at something for her, like just an exchange of like, shared ideas or collaborating or having people from different perspectives, I think for me has been kind of the biggest, brightest spot. And I know when I spoke with KT, she had talked a lot about the importance of just like your and her connection, right. And being able to have a founder and a co- two co-founders, right. Yeah. And being able to, you know, have different skill sets and lean on each other and really collaborate. Because I think a lot of female founders who are alone, like me, uh, I have a team that I, you know, contract with, but like actually doing it, you have Mm -hmm. to kind of make your own community and network outside of that. So I'm just curious for you, you know, what's been kind of those biggest um, connection points for you? The authentic thing happened kind of like accidentally, which has been (laughs) kind of cool. It started with my own journey with fundraising, which I just started feeling like we didn't really fit into any of the checkboxes mm-hmm. that were supposed to be checked, you know, in terms of what yeah. type of company we're building. I guess probably the closest analogy would be social media in terms of like which ones to choose. But we really think of ourselves as being more of the antithesis to social media and mm-hmm. doing everything differently than that. So that didn't feel right. So I started talking about this idea of authentic, which is just a little pun name I came up with, but the idea that there, you know, there's a different kind of company you can build that's really values driven and that doesn't commoditize people but still is focused on people and building community. Uh-huh. And um, yeah. and so I, I was like tweeting about that. I wrote a Forbes article about it. And then all these different founders just started coming forward and being like, hey, I really identify with Authentic. Like I didn't have a name for what we were building either. And this is it. And so I ended up you know, forming a Slack channel. And I think there's over 150 founders in there now and a really vibrant and supportive community. And so that was like an example of like, build the community you need. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. And we, you know, and then with that, I started sending out this monthly deal flow email to investors that were interested in authentic companies to let them know who was raising at the time. And with, you know, I think it would be really cool if we could create more kind of a, an ecosystem around that so that there's a little bit less noise. Absolutely. <laughs> don't get it. So that's, that's been something that's kind of just formed organically. And then, you know, of course the own trail community is formed more intentionally, like we set out to, to build this, but the people that we've been growing mostly through word of mouth and the people yeah. that have become part of this community are phenomenal. And it's really cool to see like kind of the network effects that have resulted in that. Absolutely. I was, um, I do a company called lunch club. So I've been doing that once a week and I'm meeting with different founders mm-hmm. and meeting with different people. And I can't tell you how many times I'm like, are you guys on own trail? It's really great. Uh, I mean, I'm sending that, But I think <laughs> it's ultimately 
half of the people say yes. So that's really a good thing Amazing. to know that you're like spreading. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about some strategies that you've learned to overcome kind of those startup obstacles or just like what's happening, what COVID obstacles or life obstacles. What are some key coping strategies or strategies that you would say that you've used today? Well, I don't know if this is a strategy, but authenticity, <laughs> you know, because... Oh, I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, you know, I think that... What happens when you're really authentic around what the experience is like is that you're not carrying it yourself, right? You're, and um, but also like then other people feel more comfortable being authentic, and which is essentially what's happening on own trail. Like when people see each other's trails that are really yeah. vulnerable and authentic and real, then you're like, oh, I feel comfortable sharing that too. And I'm doing that on and off own trail. In fact, basically, I have no ability to make small talk anymore. I'm always like, let's just get into this <laughs> shit that we're feeling right now, you know? <laughs> but it, it ends up childhood being, issues. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But it's really cool because then like that people know how they can support you because like, if you don't talk about it, they don't know. Right. And then, um, and you get a lot of solidarity from other people that are like, I'm going through that too. And I think like, you know, when, when things are hard in startup world, I go talk to my founder friends. I'm like, Oh, we're all navigating this. Like, it's not something I'm doing wrong. And Mm -hmm. it's not like, not just me, right? This no, is and you're not alone. So, I think yeah, there's exactly. power and I would say there's power in numbers and power in misery, but there's just power of shared experiences and, you know, opening yeah. your kimono for lack of a better term, just like laying it all out there. Like what's yeah. the worst that can happen with I'm having a shitty day guys. And, you know, I didn't raise the money and I went into yeah. five pitch meetings and they looked at me like I was crazy, but I know I'm not because yeah. the women are telling me that this community is the right thing. Totally. Totally. And, um, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's just having that support system. I think is like, that's the core of, that's the core coping mechanism, but then like being your authentic self with the support system so that they know how to be showing up for you. Well, and I think it's, I mean, how do you manage or not manage, I guess, depend, let's be authentic about the fact that there's so many, there's so much competition, you know, to, in order to get anywhere nowadays, you do have to be online. You do have to be on social media. You have to put yourself out there. How do you, as a founder, gauge how much to share versus how much to not share? Or is it like, Hey, I'm an open book. I got to be authentic. I'm kind of an open book. Yeah. (laughs) I've never been, (laughs) you know, much to some people's chagrin in terms of trying. I'm the same way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I guess like I've just kind of come to, and this is the same with, with fundraising too. And like for the people that surround you and all the things like it's always a two-way decision. And I guess I'm just, I'd rather filter people out by being myself and yes. realizing like, you're not going to be for everyone, you know? So if, if you put your real self out there and then you figure out everything who, else, who likes that, you yeah. know, who wants to be around that, then you're like, it's just, I think it's better to filter out the people that you're not for earlier on rather yeah. than trying to please them or trying to convince them why you're good or your startup's good or whatever, you know? So yeah, yeah I guess that's, that's been, I guess my approach either um, consciously or subconsciously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When you think about living your life like that, and because you are very authentic in person, I've met you obviously on meetings and then also now, you know, when you think back overall, what has been kind of the bright spot in your journey? Like if you could pinpoint like, God, this is a moment that I will like in my entrepreneur journey, will remember like this is the moment. Like it's, it's always a, a, team thing. Like it's, yes. you know, the moments where, you know, like the day we launched and me and Carolyn and Katie were sitting around my dining room table and our friend Lyle, who was helping at the time, like the four of us around my dining room table and celebrating or like even some of our like, you know, team camping trips we've done or like, <laughs> well, even, I've heard like, about those. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, today, just having, you know, a couple, a couple of the team members in the office here. Yeah. Like, I think like whenever I'm like, oh, this is so special. It's always like that team dynamic that, that feels really good. You know, it's yeah. not, it's not just like a, a data point on paper or whatever, yeah. but it's like, it's the energy. And I'm, sometimes I'm like, I don't seem like I was when my kids were babies, you know, I'm like, oh, they're never going to be this young again. You know, I feel like yeah. that Enjoy it. Too. Like yeah. they'll never be this small scrappy startup <laughs> like this again. Although we've been small and scrappy for a couple of years now. So I guess I can, you know, revel in that a little more, but <laughs> But, you know, it's just those those small moments. I think those human moments where you are, I mean, if you do raise money or you don't raise money, but the bitch went well, like you are celebrating. And I think seeing those faces around the table, like you're mentioning at the lunch table or, you know, behind you and having these moments when you're, you know, creating and building something like that's where the energy is at. And I can see that in your face when you're kind of talking about it. So yeah. Awesome. What advice would you give our listeners um, about being a game changer in tech? So if I were to say to you, Rebecca, I have this great idea to build a tech company. What would you say to me? Don't do it. <laughs> well, I would say, tell me your idea. Let's brainstorm on it. Cause I love to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I would say that like, I think you just like, I think the passion is the most important thing, right? Like the why, um, I know that there's people that like come up with ideas just because they think they're going to make a lot of money and sometimes mm-hmm. they do, but like, that feels like it would be really hard, but also like you can kind of tell when someone's, you know, like the reason that someone is building something kind of comes through in the end product Mm -hmm. and the end business, you know, I feel like you can feel that. And so, and just, you know, for your own peace of mind, like if it's not something you're passionate about, like it would be really hard to weather all the ups and downs of startup Mm -hmm. life if, you know, if if you didn't feel like it's not the right thing. Yeah. 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 So like, but I feel like, you know, if you have like, if you're the right person to be building this and you have the right team to be working with you on it, and if the big vision is there, your why, your North Star, then like you can figure out a lot along the way too. Like your chances are it's not going to be like the exact right thing out the gate either. I mean, you should definitely talk with a lot of yeah, people. Do your homework. Yeah. Do your yes. homework, do your research, you know, like continually keep keep checking in on that, but also trust the process a little bit, you know. And I think that and staying true to your values, like. And everything yeah. else will will hopefully come together. That's great advice. I talked to uh, lots of founders, hundreds of people since I started my company. And the one thing is the same is, you know, don't do something just to get rich. Like don't plan your exit tomorrow, right? Figure out what the right product is and listen to your customers. Listen to what, of course, the need is in the marketplace. But if you don't care about what you're doing, you're not going to last very long. And to your point, being authentic, people are going to feel it and see right through it. So totally. totally. Yeah. All right. So the next part of the podcast is my favorite part. And so every season we always ask some fun question and then a reflective one in nature afterwards. So if you heard KT's, this is completely different. So everyone, Rebecca did not prepare for this. (laughs) If you entered a talent show, what would your act be? I've done that. Yeah. I I do aerial acrobatics. I know I was going to have you say it. Okay. So tell me, first of all, how did you get into that? And what exactly are you like the like pink, you know, when she did the silks, like that type of thing, or what's, what do you do? I probably had more training than pink, less than Cirque du Soleil. So somewhere in between there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so are you actually like in a hoop or do you have like the rope, like t- describe what you do for our listeners? Yeah, um, well, I've done a lot of different apparatus, but like silks tends to be my favorite. Um, so that's like the, the fabric yeah. that, that hangs straight down. Um, I've done rope, I've done sling, I think. Um, <laughs> I've done some doubles hoop, double lira. So yeah, I've been mostly doing doubles for like, so I've been doing this for about 14 years now, probably the last, like half of that has been more focused on doubles. So having a partner that I work wow. with and, um, 
And yeah, it's, it's really fun. So like the talent show that I have been in was when I was at Zillow, we had a Zillow's Got Talent talent show. And so my aerial partner and I went and performed a double sling act and it was awesome. That is so cool. Are you on the internet? Should I search you for like double act Rebecca? Yeah, actually, if you go to, I just have a personal website, RebeccaBastion.com and you can, you can link, you'll find the aerial. All right. For all our listeners, go ahead and check her out there. Okay. Awesome. I wish was, I may post this on my YouTube channel, so we'll see, but maybe next time we're going to talk about the four day work week and then do a demo of you doing. Your Ooh, okay. I'll prepare for that. Hopefully all right. we can plan for the summer then. I have an outdoor rig here. That's much better in the summer. Well, perfect. For those listeners, she's in Seattle and I'm yeah. in Portland. So it's just a three hour drive. So. Oh yeah. Come up for it. Yes. It. Yes. <laughs> um, so let's do a little more reflective in nature. That was kind of a fun one, but if you knew that you could not fail, what leap of faith would you take at this point in your life? I feel like I'm taking the leaps I want to be taking right now, like yeah. with failure being a very real possibility. So it's not knowing that I can't fail, but it's being okay with feeling right. Mm-hmm. Like, which I think is different things. Like you never really know that, which I know is a hypothetical, but, but it's like, I think we do, we spend so much time trying to avoid failure when once you've failed enough in life, you realize it's not the worst case scenario. It's like riding like, a bike. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes it sucks and there's no silver lining, but you still recover from that. And sometimes there is a silver lining or you learn a lot or whatever. Either way, it's kind of like, it's, it's more like risk mitigation, right? Like for me starting a startup and like, I'm kind of like, well, okay, how much, how long can I not take a salary for? How like, you yeah. know, kind of like the financial boxing of it and the time boxing and all of those things and like yeah. the logistics, but then you're like, you know, the worst case scenario is like, I'm, I'm okay living with that because the upside is so huge, both, you know, not just financial upside, but just like the, the impact more so in the experience. Absolutely. When you, before you leave today, is there anything that you would say to our listeners or to women who are listening today, who are struggling with, you know, burnout and coming in on, coming out on the other side and feeling like there's really not a lot of hope, but knows that there may be something out there for them, right? Something better on the other side. What would you say to them? I think like burnout comes from filling your your time with things that stress you out and suck your energy, right? And so like I think making incremental changes towards towards the things that do energize you and recognizing that sometimes the only the only way out is through and to to keep going, but like um finding the opportunities to make intentional decisions along the way that that do try to like find those energizing places, whether that's, you know, the things you're doing for your job or the things outside of your job or the people you're surrounded with, or, you know, there's so many things that can give you that energy. And I think that finding those is what, you know, and giving yourself space to just be and to, to rest and to step back wherever you have the privilege to do so is, is, you know, taking care of yourself in that way. Thank you so much. I know our listeners, you know, love hearing from our female founders about stories of resilience and women who are game changers. And so thank you so much for being one of them. I absolutely love the Own Trail platform. I'm a huge active member and as well as an advocate. So I love that you're creating space for women to blaze their own trails. So thank you so much, my friend, for being here today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And yeah, I hope all your listeners will come check out Own Trail and and share your trails and connect with us there as well. Thank you so much. Hearing Rebecca talk about her journey highlights the importance of creating a safe space for women to be authentic and blaze their own unique trail. As women, we are searching for what lights us up and keeps us healthy. And together, we can learn how to burn bright and not burn out. To our listeners, for more information on Rebecca, please visit her Instagram page at rebecca.bastain. 
Thank you for joining us on the She Burns podcast. We are so grateful for your time, energy, and support. For more tips, resources, and tools on how to burn bright, please visit us at sheshatters.com or on Instagram at sheshattersllc.